from the studios of Teeing It Up in Islamsa, Jersey. And are you in Charleston? Charleston, South Carolina. Host of the Morrow Morning Show on ESPN Radio Charleston. Luke Morrow and I welcome you to Teeing It Up Presents the Sunday Sprint for this, for this, for this. NFL Conference Championship Weekend. Luke, I have big news. Are you ready for it? Oh, boy. I can't wait. Um, on my end, the app that I use um, to uh, record this podcast now includes vocal effects. So we have a laugh track. <laughs> we have a boo track. Ooh. We have a clap trap track. And we have, if you really want to go big, really big cheering, and then this, which I think is positive O. Oh, wait, that's weird. All right, uh, maybe it's this one. All right, that's a bird. Okay, I thought somewhere in there there was like the aw sound that we do at the end of the show. But anyway, you better be right, or else you could have a vocal effect handed to you. Or sorry, audio effect. I, I, I think it would be audio effect, correct? Uh, yeah. Yes. So. Does your board at ESPN Radio Charleston have these effects at the ready? Uh, a little bit. We don't really use them. Uh, there's the capability. But we okay. got, I, I always wanted to, I wanted controls myself. I wanted it on my screen so I could be in charge. But I wanted to build up drops like, like you know, like other shows do to be able to use, utilize that. And we don't. But. This is why you need to have me on more because I will say insane things that will give you nice vocal drops for the future. Perfect. Sounds good. Just come on the show and say ridiculous things and we'll be good to go. I will gladly do that if you talk more golf. <laughs> All right, we'll see. Now, speaking of golf, oh, I forgot the paper. Thank you. Is this the paper, Dad? Thank you. Okay, thank you. Key, key stuff for later in the show. Okay. Phil Mickelson has a two-shot lead at the Desert Classic. Normally, I would not be big on golf today, but Phil, obviously, trying to get win 48 at age 48, is big. Three to seven is the TV window. Would you ever go split screen? Is there anything in the world that would make you go split screen on, on NFL Conference Championship weekend? Um, for me, no. Not golf. I'm sure there is. I'm trying to think what it would have to be, though. I mean, this time of year, you know, like the NBA isn't enough. College basketball isn't enough to do it because those are just, you know, regular games. Um, I'm sure there's something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it would be, though. It, Scouting it's Citadel's next opponent? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. All right. Well, let's get into it here. Um, we have... Uh, first one up, the NFC Championship game. Jimmy Buffett is going to sing the national. Uh, sorry, it, yes, Jimmy Buffett's going to sing the national anthem for it in New Orleans today. Really? Yes. Interesting. Jay Glazer posted the sound check. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and then we have Ram Saints, and for me, this is really simple. How does Jared Goff handle a really hostile environment? You and I both know it. Uh, because I, I, I watch football, B, you are a NFC guy. You know how, how tough the Superdome can be to play in. 
Really interesting atmosphere today. I have no idea how this is going to play out for golf. Yeah, fifth best home field advantage in terms of record uh, last 10 years for the Saints in the NFL. Um, I agree with you, though, that it does come down to Jerry Goff. And I've said it on here, and I said on my show, I've been saying for months, you know, I still, I'm not sold on Goff. I mean, he had the, the, even if you want to look at his first three years, he had the terrible first season under Jeff Fisher. Then he had the great second season with Sean McVay. And then this year, it was up and down. He was an MVP candidate the first couple months, and then he was 25th in quarterback rating the last month of the year. And uh, he didn't really do a whole lot you know, last week when they ran for 300 yards instead. So uh, I agree. I'm curious to see how Goff responds on the road. Biggest game of his career, of course. And if he can and will have to match the Saints in scoring and passing, how will he be able to? Because this is still a Rams team for all its, you know, sexiness and Sean McVay and all the talk about this offense. It's still built on the run game. We saw that last week against the Cowboys. And the Saints are number two in the league in taking away the run. So if the Rams can't run as well, how will Goff do? Last week, when they were running it all over the place, Goff was touched once. Not even sacked once, just touched once. He was hit once all game. I imagine it's going to be a little bit different today. It's not going to be as easy for him. They're not going to be able to run it as well. There'll be more pressure on him in the backfield. How is he going to respond? Because that's still the biggest question mark for me, really, this, this, whole, this whole day, the whole playoffs. Uh, I don't know if Goff's good enough to lead his team to a victory to get to the Super Bowl, especially on the road in New Orleans against Drew Brees. So I'm with you there. I think that is the, the biggest factor today is just how well Goff is going to play. What is more likely, C.J. Anderson rushes for over 100 yards or I play golf with Tiger Woods? <laughs> well, uh, certainly C.J. Anderson, right? He's three straight weeks since joining the team. First ever player to do it. And on top of it, he's doing it in the biggest games of the year. Uh, I guess that speaks to the ability of, of Sean McVay to design an offense that you can plug this this, this roly-poly-oly running back off the couch into this offense and he's turned into, over the last month, one of the best in the league. What a bizarre situation. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, it makes you, you know, it's always funny when something like that happens. We're talking about Todd Gurley for MVP, then Gurley gets hurt, misses some time, and then of all guys, DJ Anderson comes in and plays as well as he does. And I'm not saying that to take anything away from Gurley, but it just makes, you know, it takes their value, it almost takes their value away. Uh, Gurley, obviously, he's still one of the best running backs in the league, but it looks like he can do it with anyone back there. Yeah. For me, I think that the Rams have to hope that what, what that what the Eagles did can happen again this week. Early turnover, early score, try to get Drew Brees off. The problem, as the Eagles found out last week, is that when you get a turnover, in this case an interception, and then a fake punt, and all the momentum goes, then you release everything that, that the Rams offense, sorry, that, that the Saints offense has. You let Drew Brees be himself. You establish Alvin Kamara. You let Michael Thomas make ridiculous catches. Ted Ginn does a couple things. And suddenly this is a whole different ball game. They need to get off to a good start. If you win the toss, I would I would receive, try to do something. Um, it's a weird situation, but I just feel like the that's the model that you have to do to upset the Saints. You have to get a turnover and you have to score first and try to put them on their heels. Last week, the Eagles couldn't keep up with it. Yeah, let me talk out of both sides of my mouth here because I just said, you know, for Jerry Goff, he needs to have a, a good day and, and potentially try to keep up with the Saints. But at the same time, my concern with the Saints is the way that they've been playing. And you mentioned that game against the Eagles. I mean, you score only 20 points at home in a playoff game against the team, missing, what, like seven defensive backs. Uh, uh, Drew Brees was my MVP at one point. Uh, I think I may still vote for him, to be honest with you, over Pat Mahomes for the regular season. 
but uh, heading into the final weeks, I thought he would have a more impressive season despite maybe not having as many touchdowns, but he's 39 years old, and now he kind of looks to be maybe tiring a little bit. His four worst, four of his five worst quarterback ratings have come in the last five weeks, and ever since that Cowboys game where maybe the Cowboys exposed them and showed, hey, these guys, they only have two weapons in the passing game. Their third option is a 38-year-old tight end who's not even going to play today. Uh, otherwise, you have a running back and one receiver, and the Cowboys did a great job of removing those options, and the rest of the season, Michael Thomas really didn't do a whole lot, and they have averaged 19 points per game in the six games since that Cowboys game, uh, this high-flying Saints offense. So they need to find a way to get it going again today because they have not been playing well for quietly really neither of these teams uh the Rams played really well last week but the way the Rams finished the regular season and the way the Saints have played the last month and a half quietly you know they're not playing as great certainly far from what they were doing the first half of the year so uh the Saints need to get the offense going again and last week was a good example I mean only 20 points at home against that Eagles team and Drew Brees turns it over on a, a bad underthrow first pass of the game where it looks like you know 39 year old Drew Brees playing the full season maybe a little bit of a tired arm, and so I'm curious to see how he comes out today. I'm just more optimistic about the Saints for you. I, I, I think it's that whole bye thing. You know, they rested everybody two weeks. Now they're back in a rhythm. Um, I think I, I think we're, we're, in, uh, we're, we're back up to, to par here. Yeah, it could be. I do like the Saints. I do think they win, but that is my that that would be my concern to see what what the offense provides today because it's been you know quite the last couple of days. And if they can get rolling, I'm not sure Goff keeps up. We'll see. I I you know the the betting lines have this as a toss up. I think it could could come down to special teams and and stuff like fake punts and fake. And on surprise onside kicks, I just feel as if this could be a shootout. If it's a shootout, I give the Rams a better shot. If the Saints defense can make big plays, I think the Saints win this game and get jo- Goff, not Joff, Goff off kilter. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And it's fascinating that you bring up about the onside kicks and, and, and stuff. My final point would be uh, the matchup of, of the, the uh, oddly enough, the two Sean's going up against one another. And I remember Sean Payton with a great onside kick in the Super Bowl, which kind of started this whole aggressive nature from coaches in these big games. And last week, McVay was aggressive in what, not taking a field goal and trying to go for the touchdown when it didn't make any sense for, for the Rams. And we know McVay can be like that, where Monday Night Football, that big game against the Chiefs, he just ignores the run game. He wants to go out and kind of prove his offense and throw it 50 times on Monday Night Football. And Sean Payton on the other side can be similar. Two offensive minds who think they're some of the best to do it. And sometimes they even try to show off a little bit. I'm curious which one will try to take the gamble today that maybe won't work out. You could even cost the team if they try to get too cute or too aggressive in a matchup between the the two head coaches almost potentially trying to one-up one another. Um, it, 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 it could be interesting. It could be very, uh, as you said, Sean McVay likes to kind of roll the dice a little bit. So we'll see how this works out. All right. I, I brought this up the other day. Mark Sanchez has more road playoff wins than Tom Brady. Wow. My dad, my dad did the look up here and has the list. So, do you know, take away Super Bowls, who has the most road playoff wins in NFL history? Oh, man. That's a good question. Uh, here you go, Dad. Most road wins? In, uh, geez. Uh, I have no idea. I'm just going to say Peyton Manning. I have no idea. Uh, my guess was Peyton. 
Um, but Peyton's, sorry, my guess was Eli. Eli is not on here. Oh, wow, wow, yeah, that'd be, that's a good thought. Uh, no, you don't have Peyton here, you have Eli here. You guessed Eli, you were yes. close. Yes, I was close. The, the winner with seven is Joe Flacco. Wow. Followed by Big Ben, Eli, and Aaron Rodgers with five. Sanchez, Roger Staubach, and Len Dawson with four. And Tom Brady and a bunch of other people with three. Wow, interesting. Yeah, most recent, uh, most of them are recent quarterbacks, uh, which is also interesting. Expansion of the playoffs, having having uh, yeah, um, um, having the wild card round. Right, right, yeah. And also, um, as my dad pointed out this morning, if you are a good person, a, a a good player, and your team is good, i.e., Peyton Manning, you're not going right. to have a lot of road playoff games. Right, absolutely. That's why I was trying to think of somebody who's kind of in the middle. Not uh, obviously good enough to make the playoffs, but not too good that they're getting home games, which Peyton Manning wouldn't fit. But I couldn't come up with anybody. Yeah, Joe Flacco. That's uh, that's interesting. Is Joe Flacco is, is Joe Flacco elite? No, not even close. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm just. No, no, no. That, that's a rhetorical question for a whole internet thing that goes around. All right. We need a, We need the gas sound effects for that. Oh, uh, is there a gasp sound effect? Uh-oh. You got one? Uh-oh. No. That will have to do. How do I get this thing off? Okay. <laughs> that that one has no off. Like, the applause has, like, a, you know, a stop button. That one does not have a stop button. All right. I view this game really simply. Can Belichick dis- design enough schemes to confuse Patrick Mahomes... Does the Patriot offense have enough plays with James White? And does Gronk do anything? He's got eight quarters left in his career. Eight. That's it. Can he just do something? He was a great blocker last week and a great decoy. Can he do something production-wise offensively to just throw everybody a bit off? Mahomes is so good. Kareem Hunt, uh, sorry, uh, Tyreek Hill is so good. Kelsey is so good. This defense has, has come up in big spots. Williams has been a great rusher in place of Kareem Hunt. Can they confuse Patrick Mahomes in a big spot? And can they just do something, the Patriot offense, just enough to get ahead? I think this is a one-score game, 34-31, something in there. I think it'll be close, yeah. Um, it, the Patriots are so annoying because just like last week against the, the Chargers, it's the same thing here. I mean, stack up like the 10 best players playing in this game, and certainly the majority will be from the Chiefs. Uh, when you stack up the rosters, the Chiefs have the much better roster, and yet for me, I think it's uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm not even on the fence. Like, I'm clearly on New England. So I think the Patriots go in there. I think they win today, and uh, that's just the way – they're never the better team in these games, and yet they find a way – uh, to win. My thing would be Belichick we know is great at taking away your strengths. He's great against young quarterbacks. He's 10-0 and against quarterbacks playing in their first postseason. Not first postseason game, but just first postseason in general. Uh, I mean, he does all these things. He's very meticulous. But the thing for me, with the matchup with Mahomes, and Mahomes had some success against New England earlier this year. He was done in by a couple of early turnovers before he settled in, is that you can account for all the all the stuff he does. You can game plan for everything to try to slow down the homes. But what you can't game plan for is the wild card stuff that he does, kind of like a Brett Favre, where he throws it with his left hand, or the no-look passes, or when he gets out of the pocket and makes plays. You can have the perfect game plan to take away his strength, 
when he does these crazy things like that, he's just a playmaker that you really can't account for that. So that's where, in terms of a matchup, Mahomes may be one of the few guys that could have that slight advantage against the Belichick defense where you can plan for everything you see on tape, but every week you watch Mahomes, he does something that we've never seen on tape from him before, and that could be the, the difference maker. They've done a great job of taking away Travis Kelsey in these matchups over the last couple of years, but Tyreek Hill is still burning the Patriots, so Belichick will have to come up with something to slow down Tyreek Hill because I think he's got four touchdowns in four games against them, something like that. So uh, he's a guy that they haven't been able to figure out yet. It is... Um... It is interesting that um, I just find it fascinating that we have the old versus the the young in this game. And it's very different quarterbacking styles. Tom Brady just reached 1,000 yards rushing this season, right? Um, (laughs) Which is crazy to think, right? It's like, wait a second. Like, is this really happening? Um, but it did. And, um, I just feel, how do I put this? I'm trying to figure out how to correctly say this. Um, Patrick Mahomes can do so much on his feet that Tom Brady can't yet. Tom Brady has the smarts that Patrick Mahomes may not. And for, and for this, I've said this before. Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers may be the better physical quarterbacks, the better actual, technical, talented quarterbacks. There's nobody, though, that I want in the last two minutes more than Tom Brady. I've seen it just happen to my team too many times. So where does this line fall? Where does this dividing line fall of can Mahomes' skills outweigh Brady's smarts and can Belichick's smarts outweigh Mahomes' strengths or does Mahomes' strength and an off day for Tom Brady lead to a, a Chiefs victory? That's where I think this battle is. It's a kind of it's it's hard to it's it's hard to explain. It's a bit of an intangible thing. I think you get it though, Luke. That that there's a there's a lot of you know cat and mouse game being played here. Absolutely, yeah. That's a fascinating question, and I wondered the same thing. I had my uh, my gambling expert. I have him on every Friday on my show. Uh-huh. He's a big analytical guy he went to Yale he's a smart kid uh really good at what he does and so I asked him that I said can you can you account for experience in games like this and he said he'd rather have he'll take talent over experience and so if you think Mahomes is the more talented quarterback than Brady then ignore the experience and roll with that but I'll tell you you look at and Brady has had a lot to do with this but look at the quarterbacks that have won the Super Bowl the last four years the average age is 36 uh, the last decade, only two quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl younger than 28, and that was Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, who were 25 and 26 and had the number one defenses in the league at the time uh, and did uh, relied a lot on those defenses. And since Brady won his first Super Bowl, I mean, how many quarterbacks have gotten there or won a Super Bowl within their first two seasons in the league? Uh, Brady obviously did it, and Ben Roethlisberger did it, and I think that's all in the last uh, almost 20 years for quarterbacks in their first two years in the league reaching the Super Bowl. So more often than not, experience wins out in these types of games. But my guy who does it professionally and is really into the numbers said ignore experience. You can't put a put a number on that. It's more about just who's more talented. But I'll take Brady, especially if, if it's cold, especially if there's elements to worry about today, I'll take Tom Brady, uh, you know, 11 times out of 10 in this stage. Um, we shall see. We, we shall see how it plays out today at 6.30. Or actually, I think it's 6.45 for that. Uh, kick 
or 6.32, it's some weird time, on the CBS yeah. television network. One of two days this year that 60 Minutes will not air. I'm sorry, Luke. Oh, man. Um, all right, your picks. Uh, give me uh, the same. Wait, stop. Luke, Luke, we're getting to the end. I'm I'm sorry. Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Oh. That's too bad. I was applauding your good comedic timing, and then my thing oh, wouldn't work. Thanks. It was, thank you, yeah. it was a bad uh, job by me. All right, your picks. Timing was good. Uh, give me the same. And the Patriots. I think I like the unders in both games, too, but especially the Saints-Rams. Saints, I think, win it because of the experience of Drew Brees against uh, Jared Goff. The second game for me is a complete and utter toss-up. Wow. I have no idea. I think the Patriots win it, but I think it's a 34-31 thing. I think the peak viewership for this game could be in the 60s. Uh, 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 60 million that is this is a really interesting game and I think Phil Mickelson holds on and wins the 60th anniversary of the Desert Classic presented by Workday well that would be the biggest story of the day uh, no it would not oh okay <laughs> so trust me Scott Van Pelt will, will, will find a way to make it work on his sports center tonight okay perfect because that's Scotty and he tries to get golfing as much as he can um Thank you, my friend. As always, enjoy your championship football Sunday. That's football day of the year. No, it's not. Yes. Uh, well, it, it helps when it's one versus two, one versus two. But you have well, to wait, and the, and the half times are a little longer, and the divisional weekend's probably the best. Uh, okay, well, best day then. I'd rather have today than two divisional games or two wildcard games. And today, for me, is better than the Super Bowl. You get, supposedly, you know, two of the best games on the same day like this. I love it. But mm-hmm. today with these matchups. Would you like to do a Sunday sprint next week for the Pro Bowl? Uh, once again, no. Is there a Viking in the Pro Bowl? I honestly have no idea. I haven't even been following. I'm sure there's a few, but I couldn't care less. I you host them. a show that, like, don't you want to talk about, like, the Clemson Tiger alums who have made the Pro Bowl? Isn't that a hot segment? Isn't that what the callers want to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. We do talk a lot of Deshaun Watson, um, but I don't know if they care about the Pro Bowl. Like, uh, uh, hold on a second. We are extending the show purely because I want this. I want to talk about this topic um, because I think this is a fascinating topic. You should know there's three Jets going: Jamal Adams, um, our returner Andre Roberts, yeah, and our and our kicker Jason Myers. Right, so the Jets have it. Okay. Yeah, Andre Roberts from the Citadel. That's what we'll have to talk about this week. Okay. All right. We've got. Um, um, Adam Thielen is going from uh, the Vikings. Of course. We have... Um, hold on a second. Uh, uh, my my mouse is doing weird things. I apologize. That's it on the offense. Danielle Hunter is going at defensive uh-huh. end. Is, 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 that, is that Danielle? Uh, Danielle? Okay, Anthony Barr is going. Harrison Smith is going. Um, 
So yeah, the Vikings, oh, I missed this. The Vikings have four, yeah. Barr, Hunter, Smith, and Thielen. Not bad. And then a coach needs to name a long snapper. You currently do not have a, there is no long snapper on each of these teams. Oh, no. That's going to be the difference maker. The AFC has already named their long snapper. It is Casey Kreider from the Broncos. Oh, nice. Well, congratulations to him. I am shocked you were not up on this. I uh, know, I don't care about the Pro Bowl. I know that, but this is radio hashtag content. Eh, who cares? <laughs> Give me the all-pro teams. See you tomorrow on the, uh, on, on the radio, and enjoy your football Sunday, Luke and everybody else.